Hello and welcome to Think About Eurovision, a Eurovision podcast with me, Chris, a Eurovision fanatic from the UK. And me, Kim, a Eurovision fanatic from Canada. Today we are looking at the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest because that's going to take us right into this year's Eurovision Song Contest, the 2021 contest, because obviously no contest last year because of the old Rona. The old Rona ruins everything, but how exciting. Still ruining things. (laughs) I know, I know. How exciting though to actually have uh, a song contest going forward this year. It might look a little different. I'm sure it will, but like, I'm pumped. Yeah, I I mean, a little few details on the the contest this year. So it's got, there is going to be a limited audience of three and a half thousand people. Um, All people who had tickets from last year and can only be from the EU or the European Economic Area, which uh, any British people cannot attend because Brexit. Um, Yeah, so we wouldn't be allowed there. uh, So if I had a ticket last year, if you had a ticket, neither of us could go because we were outside of the EU or the European Economic Area. But there will be a a limited seated audience, and the stage setup's different. So they've got the green room is going to be close to the stage and like the seating like you know arena seating around the sides so oh, uh, interesting yeah they got like the uh, seating areas for the artists closer to the stage which makes sense because you know it's put like seats for the casual audience because they've got yeah. like nice little sort of lounge areas for the artists and all the yeah. punters around the sides well, that makes sense. I mean, it sounds as if they're taking good precautions to make sure that it's a successful event and not a, uh, like, COVID, uh, like, super spreader, because yeah. that's the last thing you want. Um, so that's all very positive. Glad to uh, hear that. And, and the producer has said that uh, basically the the audience in the um, Ahoy Arena only going to get 75% of the show because they're using augment- augmented reality for the uh, audience yeah. at home. So we're going to get the best seats in the house. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. I mean, I think that like this could be the start of, you know, a whole new way of producing live shows. So uh, I, I hope that it goes off without a hitch. Yeah. And I am just glad that the, the uh, artists do have some audience to perform to. Having uh, yeah. been in a ska band that has performed to empty rooms, not <laughs> no. because of COVID, just because nobody wanted to come see my band. We were, we were decent <laughs> as well. We weren't that bad. Nobody took us seriously because I was in a town that like favoured metal and indie rock and no one wanted to see some idiot singing silly songs in a scar style. I'm not oh, bitter. No. I'm not bitter. Very bitter. No, I I can tell that you harbour no hard feelings. <laughs> I see none whatsoever to all those shit fucking band. Sorry. No hard feelings whatsoever. Anyway, I think well, we need to... Go on. Sorry? You were going to say something I interrupted you. Oh, no, I was just saying, well, um, you know, all of that good news on the 2021 Eurovision sounds very exciting. Um, But I'm also excited to talk about 2019, which uh, was a it was a great year of Eurovision. I enjoyed this a lot. I don't know about you, but I have so many notes on this contest, on this final. Yes, I have a lot to talk about. (laughs) It's not going to be one of those quick episodes. I don't think this one. (laughs) Well, we should get into it then. We really should. So, 
let's talk 2019 and we start with Netta, um, who you've not seen her winning performance from 2018. Um, no. I mean, we've jumped a year. We've gone straight into 2019 without touching 2018. It's no spoiler, I think, now that, you know, Netta would have won for uh, Israel the year before. So right. just just forget that when we do come to a 2018 contest. <laughs> I'll and, do my best. Yeah. Uh, so Netta sort of pretends, I guess, to fly an airplane with all the artists into uh, Tel Aviv. And um, then we have a flag ceremony. Oh, it goes on. Did you too not long. like it? No, I oh, never I liked the flag it. ceremonies. <laughs> I always hate them. I mean, I do. I agree that the flag ceremonies can sometimes just feel like they go on forever, and I'm not always interested. But it, this one, I really enjoyed. I thought that it was fun. It was upbeat. The music that was playing was great. It wasn't just, uh, you know, wagging uh, flags. They had these like spinny performers, sticks. spinny sticks in the flag colors, and then the colors kind of go up onto the ceiling. I did um, like that aspect of it. I guess if I'm gonna be kind. I did like the fact they weren't waving just standard flags that they had little spinny sticks, which kind of had like LEDs kind of flashing to show the flag. Yeah, it really kind of set a tone for me that this was going to be a party. It was going to, um, you know, bring the energy and I enjoyed it a lot. I love when the artists get to kind of like strut the runway to a really like great beat. And I wasn't disappointed here. I thought the music throughout, obviously the music of the performers themselves, but like the music during the postcards, the music during the flag ceremony, the interval acts. I just, I thought all of it was top notch. Yeah. Um, do you notice uh, Dana International um, performing uh, with a lot of technical help there in the uh, flag ceremony? I, I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. We had uh, Dana International um, and also the return of Golden Boy. Yes, I did. I, did. I, I loved hearing that. Yeah, I did love that. Um, Still went on too long. Not a fan of the flag ceremony. <laughs> that's, I think that's my problem, but... It just feels like, uh, this is 15 minutes of my life, I'm not getting back. Well, there's 26 performers who have to strut the runway, so it's going to take a minute. But I hear you. It, uh, it Not your favourite part of the show. I Never never will be. Yeah. Um, and then we have the hosts come out, and there's like 20 of them, or four. But, you know, it feels like too many. <laughs> Yeah, there, um, I mean, there were more hosts than were necessary, in my opinion, but I thought they did a good enough job. Um, they were not my favorite hosts, but they were also by far not my least favorite. So yeah. I thought they did a very good job. They were all right. They were fine. Fine. Uh, towards the end, my, my gut instinct was like, this is feels like too many hosts, but I'm glad they did sort of split them up. They weren't always all four on stage. Yes. Um. But yeah, it did feel a bit overkill. I mean, that said, I think we've got four hosts this year um, as well. So right. I'll just have to suck that up. <laughs> but one of them's uh, Nikki Tutorials, um, I believe, because um, she was going to be originally like an online host. I think she's been promoted this year to like a full host of the show. Ooh, which is good. fun. Yeah. Um, so the theme was Dare to Dream. Um I don't really know what they kind of mean by it. It's kind of a nothing statement. Like, I, I like this one. Like, it's yeah. open up for this year, which makes more sense for this year than it did last year. Right. <laughs> that, that is a theme that I feel like everyone can get behind in yeah. 2021. <laughs> but Dare to Dream was a bit of a nothing kind of 
theme, mission statement, whatever you want to say, is just something yeah. vaguely uplifting sounding. Yes, vaguely uplifting, I think, is a good descriptor. Um, And yeah, you mentioned the postcards. Uh, so the postcards for this show are the artists um, dancing around in places around Israel with uh, sort of other dancers. Some doing more dancing them. than others. Yes. Oh my God. That the first one when it, I think Malta was the very first performer. Yes. And um, she was doing sort of like pretty much standing in place, but with uh, like some hand movements while a bunch of backup dancers sort of like danced around her. I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> not everyone is going to be you know doing a full routine here. <laughs> Two of my favorites were um, uh, Russia uh, Sergey Lazarev who was doing some, and this is in air quotes, free running. Because uh, right. it was definitely him, uh, not a stunt double who looked nothing like him. Definitely. Definitely not. And also uh, San Marino's Serhat, who just stood around looking kind of cool, like an <laughs> older disco daddy, while some people did some dancing around. And he was like, I will stand here. I will look cool. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, on the overall, though, I really enjoyed these postcards. I thought they were really fun. And they did kind of like two things that I find normally the postcards do only one of the two. So one is showcase the host country where they're showing the various, um, you know, highlights, monuments, landmarks. And then the other is that the postcards will sometimes do something fun and entertaining and uh, maybe tell a little story or whatever it is. And in this one, I felt like it was a pairing of both an entertaining visual, but then also highlighting areas for the host country. I thought the music was great. I thought the dancing in its various forms were fun. <laughs> um, so I really liked them. Yeah. They were all right. They're, they're not the best postcards, but they weren't the worst. <laughs> These were like near the top for me of some of, of the postcards that I have seen so far. So I think I might have enjoyed them a little more than you. But um, either way, definitely far from the worst. Yeah. Right. Shall we get on to our top artists and countries and songs and all that let's do it right then um so i shall we try guessing each other's tops um okay i'm so bad at this but i'll give it my i'll give I it a go we're, we are both very unsuccessful at guessing aren't we <laughs> yes um i want to say I wonder if you've put my num my. I wonder, right? I'm not going to disp- spoil anything about mine so far. I think you might put um, Slovenia top with Sebi. That was um, Zala and Gasper. No, because they're singing at each other's faces. That's my only basis. <laughs> um, no, I did not. That was not in my top ten. Okie dokie. Who have you got at the top um, then? At the top, I have the Netherlands. Uh, so this was the winning song. It was also my winning song. I have to th- admit that I was familiar with this song ahead of time. I had no idea it was a Eurovision song. I but... wondered if that would be the case, because it's been doing rounds on TikTok. And then I know even in America it's charted. So I didn't know, if, you know, Canada just been over the border if it had charted yes. for you recently this year. Yes, it did. But again, like having had no idea that it was a Eurovision song, it was a surprise to me when he came out and started singing this. And I was like, wait, wait, I know this. 
So it's always hard for me to tell because I think that there is always an element of familiarity bias when you know the song going in. Yeah. Um, and I can't pretend I don't know the song. But um, but uh, le- legitimately, this was my favorite. I thought it was great. Um, and uh, good for Duncan Lawrence for uh, having this song go, um, you know, obviously international but like with you know real sort of uh success on the charts outside of eurovision yeah so it's apparently um it had gone sort of viral on tiktok i i don't know what he what in what way it went viral was people dancing um because i still don't understand tiktok i've tried <laughs> to get my head around it i don't get it i know you're a fan of tiktok Yes, I spend way too much time on it. Though I have to say that I don't know of a specific dance or, or um, you know, TikTok challenge or whatever that this song was attached to. Obviously, I know the song and I think I know it from TikTok. But um, whereas in the 2020 song from Iceland, uh, that was a very specific dance challenge that I knew immediately. Yeah. This one, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure how how it got so popular or what the dance challenge was or whatever. I can't but like, imagine it's it was a dance there. challenge because it's not a dancing song, is it's it? It's not a dance song, no. Um, but I don't know. Either way, it's out there in the ether um, and it's a good song for it, sure. It's, it is a nice song. It's uh, not my favourite. It falls just within my top ten. I put it ninth. Um, right. I I like it. It's a nice on the state performance. Um, I like the uh, sort of big moment where the lamp descends the ikea lamp descends <laughs> yeah i like i mean it was a relatively understated uh stage show if you will but yeah. i thought the song was big enough to sort of bring the uh impact and then i love the performance at the end when he uh won the show and was performing it the second time he didn't have the piano or the props or whatever and there was this moment where he stopped singing and the audience just carried on yeah. and like he he was so emotional in that moment that it just like it hit me i loved it there was a lot of emotional performers in this year that really like got me in the feels yeah um and that I, was one i love how how happy duncan clearly was to have won yes you could see on his face he was overjoyed Yes. And the first win in the Netherlands since 1975. So they've had several wins under their belt, but that was a long stretch between wins. So So it's a big deal. It is. And and people from the UK need to remember this. There's artists, there's there's countries who've gone longer than the UK without a win. Mm. (laughs) And people are like, oh, the UK never win. It's like, we won in 97. Like, uh, Netherlands had to wait since 1975. That is a long stretch, yes. It's much longer. They've gone without a win. You know, it's competition. Only one song can win since uh, 1969. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Only one song can win. So we're never going to win every year. It's going to be when we send an amazing song that we win. Right. Um, Um, The UK certainly did not win this year in 2019. (laughs) No, we did not. We did did come dead last and i don't think it was a winning song not even a left hand side of a scoreboard song i don't think it was a last place song but the problem is when you are every if you're like every country's like 15th favorite you're gonna get zero points so right. we don't yes. know if because some songs you know they won't win but like one country goes we love this song this song's amazing 
and it gets them up the scoreboard. But if everyone's like, "Yeah, that song's alright," don't hate it. You're gonna come yeah. last. You'll, I think you'll find right. that sometimes, like the 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 worst songs might score a little higher because that that music, not worst song, that's not fair. Songs that uh, most countries don't like, you'll find like maybe one country's like really into that style, and that yes. gets it enough points to kind of just nudge up the leaderboard. Um, well, we saw that, didn't we, in our um, mock 2020 voting when we did our own version of Eurovision, because you and I have very different song tastes. Yeah. And so um, one songs that were voted very highly by you um, tended to be uh, somewhat lower rated or middle of the pack for me and vice versa. So what we found was that like those two extremes added up to sort of make a different outcome than the songs where you and I both agreed were sort of like... Fine, so, so. it's good. Other than yeah. our winner. <laughs> right, exactly. It was like we were agreed on the winner, of course. Um, but yes, so you're right. I think that extreme opinions, even if not shared by everyone, can make the um scores uh different than ones that are generally well liked in all, you know, areas, but then without the extreme voting highs and lows, they kind of land meh. Yeah. Pretty pretty low. I mean, whilst we're talking about the UK, let's get out of the way. Um, so we sent um, Michael Rice with Bigger Than Us. Little Mickey Ricicle. So he went with Bigger Than Us. That was selected via uh, a national selection uh, TV show, like a one-off one. That song was written by uh, Jan Lundvik, uh, the Swedish act. He was a songwriter oh. of that. That song was rejected by Melodi Festivalen, the Swedish national selection pro- process, in favour of the song that he entered Eurovision with. And then the UK entered with that song? Yep, he then said, when they weren't interested, he sort of submitted it to UK for consideration. It was picked up for our national selection process. Hmm. And it won. Uh, Michael Rice won a TV show called All Together Now, which is basically a glorified karaoke program. So uh, people come on stage, there's a hundred sort of professional singers. Um, So two of the professional singers in the panel One's Davina DeCampo, and another is Jerry Horner from the Spice Girls, formerly Jerry Halliwell. And then, like, loads of other sort of kind of cabaret singers, pub singers, like, West End singers. Like, you know, various sort of backgrounds of singing. You know, that is like a real mixed bag. Um, So they they all sort of, if that singer is good, they join in. And the score is to get the most out of the 100 to sing along with you. So Michael Rice won the first series of that. So basically, he comes from like a, I would say it's a bit karaoke. I watched it. I watched the show, but it was a little bit karaoke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for our performance, you know, we went classic British uh, staging, lights down until the big bit where the lights came up and the gospel group came out. A little bit too similar yes. to uh, Sweden's performance, which we'll probably talk about. Yes, I noted that, that in my opinion, I felt that, uh, especially with sort of the the um, the gospel choir backup singers and whatever, there was a similar feel to the two. And yet I preferred one, Sweden's, strongly to the yeah. other. And I think that it, it uh, it's almost worse. Um, and I this was the case in a couple of songs. I can talk about them when we get to our top 10. But there were a couple of songs where it was like, I only felt like I had enough room in my top 10 um, for one of this particular type of song like i'm not going to put my top 10 i'm not going to stack them with similar styles in 
varying degrees of uh, quality. Like I put Sweden very close to my top and I put the UK very close to my bottom because yep. it's like, if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to, it's, it's only the one that I really like that's going to be near the top. And then the other one is just kind of like a bad, re, you know, reproduction. And now you know why, because the same songwriter, now very much why. in the same style. I mean, literally, I mean, uh, Jon Jon Lundvik had the mamas on stage with him, who then were going to represent Sweden last year. So, I mean, it was basically the mamas featuring Jon Lundvik for me because the mamas are so much better than him. Yes, yeah, and I loved them in their solo uh, performance yes. in in the other year. But yeah, my, my feelings towards the UK is we didn't send a bad song, we just didn't send a good enough song. That's all it is. It wasn't yes. a bad song, it just wasn't standout enough. Yeah, I agree. It felt a little bit basic compared to um, some of the other ones. And in particular, I think that that stood out, as I said, because there was another version of a very similar song that was much better. Yeah. So this was close to the bottom for me. It was not the very bottom, but I had it 23rd out of 26. I had it 19th, the UK, which, you know, I would, I mean, for me, especially even going into this year, falling outside of the bottom five is all I'm hoping for for UK. That would be an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my sights set low. Hopefully we'll do better than that. <laughs> low bar. Low bar. Okay. Do you want to have a guess at my favorite? Okay. So, oh man, I don't know. I'm so bad at this. So I'm going to, can I have two guesses? Go on. Okay. So I feel like maybe Iceland because uh, I, I feel from your face I got it right. Yeah, you got exactly Yay! right. Yeah. Yay. Um, yeah, okay. I th- I thought that this felt like a like a Chris vibe. I mean, Hatari with Hatred Monsigra, which translates into hatred will prevail. Okay. <laughs> but they are not no. singing about hatred being a good thing really. It's kind of a little tongue in cheek that title. They're, they're not about hatred, but it's kind of they're, they're an anti-capitalistic no, they're not a band. They are a multimedia performance group. They don't call themselves a band. You know what? I mean, like, I didn't know that, but with you saying you're, that right you're now, not surprised. it feels right. Nope, feels right to me. <laughs> I mean, I love everything. Everything about that performance. It's camp. Firstly, it's yes. so camp. Um, yeah. You've got, they're letting their freak flags fly. They're scaring all the normals. Yeah. You know, they got um, the falsetto moments. Einar in the back with his big fuck off hammer. Oh, I know <laughs> that was really fun, actually. Like Gimp boy on all fours, like following his master around the stage. Um, yes, uh, Matthias, I think his name, uh, the singer, the main singer, not uh, who does like the sort of not really singing, sort of aggressive, sort of shouting kind of style singing performance. Yes. Um. He's also been a reporter for the news uh, for the public broadcaster in Iceland. Oh wow, yeah. that's that is hilarious. And um, the uh, guy who does like the falsetto bits—I can't remember his name. It's escaping me now. He's got a lovely voice when he's not singing. Like, I mean, he does the falsetto well, but I found a, a cover of him singing Arcade, and not in all of his like you know uh, BDSM gear, like just right. dressed like in like a plaid shirt. I think playing guitar. He's got a gorgeous voice and he looks, it's so weird seeing him look normal, but they are normal people when they're not performing as Atari. 
Right, when they're not in character. Yeah, but it's very much, I think, a character kind of thing they're doing. And also, the day after Eurovision, they admitted they entered uh, Song of the Kepnin, the Icelandic national selection, as a joke. But they, they saw it through. And then, they, and then they were selected. But, I mean, um, you can't argue it's not a Eurovision song. It even has a key change. Right, that's right. Uh, yeah, well, they, I mean, they did quite well, too. They finished 10th place out of 26th. I did not have them that high. I am one of the normals they scared, I yes. think. <laughs> I had them 18th. Um, so for me, I actually really enjoyed the performances and, like, the visuals. I really liked, you know, what they brought. It was different. And I, I really loved the beat, the yeah. sound of the music. Um, but I hated that <laughs> s- the scream sing performance. That yeah. would that was not it for me. So it's a bit too aggressive. Too aggressive, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that was the only. It was um off putting for me. And I mean, like, I feel like I'm outing myself as like the most vanilla of music listeners. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, like, I everything else, all of the visuals, I loved the BDSM look. Um, but I just I could not get into the song because I was so off put by that vocal performance. One of my favorite things to do is uh, dance around to that song. But you, do you remember that clip? Did it go viral for you in in Canada? Um, of the guy who was an expert on um, North Korean politics, and his uh, daughter walks into the room when he's on on BBC News, and she does this like toddler kind of walk going like that side to side, side to side. Oh yes, yeah, I do. Remember I this. like I like dancing to that song like her. <laughs> I don't know why just- it just kind of goes. <laughs> You're doing like, uh, you know, a toddler's like skipping dance move yeah. to this like super aggressive, uh, terrifying vocal. It's just fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm proud of myself for nailing that as your top choice. What was your second pick? Let's see if you guessed my number two. Okay. My second pick was Germany with Sister. Uh, which did not perform well at all in the overall like so it came in second to last at 25th place uh, but was my number two <laughs> that was your number two yes that was uh, not mine i popped that at um 23rd <laughs> and now we're back in familiar territory yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> um i don't know i mean uh, clearly, this was not a popular song uh, in t- in terms of the results, but I really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, I liked the message of it from what I ingested with, you know, like my lack of ability to take in all of the lyrics, but I still got the um, got the message and I enjoyed it. I thought that it had a really sort of catchy uh, chorus. Like, yeah. I don't know, it was just. I thought it was a good song. I was what, very surprised at how poorly it performed. What did you take as the message? Because I wasn't aware. Oh, I, I didn't take, pick up on that myself. So what I took away is the message, and I could be wrong, but what I took away was essentially like um, not pitting women against each other and having, you know, like being the type of woman who boosts each other up instead of tearing each other down. Because there is a bit of a stereotype, I think, about how like women are um always in competition with each other so this is like it was supposed to be like you know uplifting in terms of like raise each other up it's like women sort of stick together look after each other yeah yeah Yeah. well they disbanded in february 2020 well damn it (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, um, I don't enjoy that song. Um, there's no real... I don't hate it. It just doesn't light a fire for me. I One thing that does annoy me, they mispronounced Thunder to rhyme with Wanna. Oh. Yeah, Thunder yeah, and annoying. Wanna don't rhyme. And no, no amount of butchering languages will ever make it rhyme. It will always stand out. <laughs> um, I do have a, a nitpicky thing on this as well, which is that, um, so I found in general, there were relatively few acts that um, used uh, you know, really dramatic props. Yeah. There was a lot of screens and CGI and stuff in this, which I'm not mad at at all. So in this performance, they really didn't have much going on, except that they had big screens of their faces that were, you know, singing along. I really much would have preferred that the screens were showing their faces as they performed it live instead of this like pre-recorded view of them lip syncing to it. It was just like, I don't know, I thought that it would be more impactful if we saw the the passion in which they were like performing on stage instead of this kind of sort of stoic lip syncing or whatever. So I mean, it's still my number two. So obviously, I didn't yeah. care that much. But, um, you know, a different choice I would have made if, if I were the producer. If you were producing, it would have been different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, I put that um, not far from the bottom. But not in the bottom three, but in the bottom four. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pretty low. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I've i got no hatred for it. It's just, like I said, the problem with uh, the UK not doing well. It didn't register enough to get, you know, extreme dislike. Uh, yeah. I just, I just didn't enjoy it. And that's all, all it is. There's no real re- rhyme or reason for that. Yeah, fair enough. But... um. Okay, so for your number two, I am going to guess Cyprus. Mm, no. I, sometimes you like sometimes you like a bop, and sometimes, I thought that that was like a, a fun pop song. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I've sent you Fuego, haven't I? Because I've referenced Fuego before. Yeah. So Fuego, I think, was a year before, and this was uh, the year they sent oh, replay. So it... It and felt like an imitation. It really was for me, Fuego 2.0. Right, got it. Um, I put it fairly close to the... Well, where, where did they even put it? Because I can't even see it on my spreadsheet. I didn't put it high. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> okay, well, my winning streak on uh, guessing your preferences is short. <laughs> yeah, I, I put it... Oh, no, you, you've nailed one of my bottom three. <laughs> Oh no! Yep. Okay, well, clearly I am way off. So, what was your actual number two? So, my number two was one of the big five. The big five brought it this year. Well, not with all of them. I would say three fifths of the big five brought it this year. Yes. And I went for Italy. So, Mahmoud with Soldi. Oh, I loved that one too. Um, this there's nothing stand out like you know. It's like, oh, this is so ridiculous. It's just such a good, solid bit of pop music. That yeah. is, it's faultless. I don't. The only thing that's higher than that is Iceland, and that was like you know my my arbitrary scoring system by like a few points, just because it's so over the top, ridiculous. I love it so much. I would have yeah. been happy for either this or Italy to have won, that that Iceland or Italy to have won. Would have been happy for either of them. Uh, the only reason I don't have as many notes on, it, on Italy is just because it's just a decent, solid pop song that I don't really take a t- pay attention to, you know, what's happening on stage. I'm just enjoying a song and in the moment. Um, yes. 
And that performed very well, too. It came in second place. Uh, so, yeah, clearly it was a well-received song. And I had it at sixth place. But, I mean, looking at where I scored things, I mean, like, I could have put it higher. There were a number of songs that I enjoyed sort of a similar amount. So, um, but, yeah, I really like this. I really liked the clap, the interactive audience clap. Yes. Yes. Which, I mean, like, I'm so glad it went well, because one thing that I noticed throughout this show is that there were a lot of songs that the audience chose to clap along to, and they were so offbeat. Oh, Oh, it was so brutal. So I'm so glad that it worked out, (laughs) that that they caught the beat on this song. I mean, it it was salty, salty. (laughs) Would have been bad. Uh, my pronunciation yeah. of Soldi is terrible. I can't pronounce that word. One of those words I can't pronounce. Um, but yeah, that song is an uh, autobiographic song about his relationship with his father and how he uh, left the family when uh, Mahmood was a kid. And his, you know, his dad's priorities in life were money, which is what mm. uh, Soldi is. It's Italian for money. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. Just a really, really good song. Catchy. Uh, Catchy. And I mean, it sounds as if uh, somewhat personal to him as well. So I'm glad it it was a good performer for him. Yep. And also his shirt that he's wearing. I'm sure there's a reference to his shirt in the Eurovision film. And I've got to look that up. Oh really? I'm sure. I of remember it. his his shirt was sort of like uh it was like a Hawaiian print, yeah. but it was um not, sort not of tra- tragic. Not tragic, but Hawaiian not print. Not tragic, yeah. It was kinda of, it was more structured than what you would expect a normal Hawaiian shirt to be. It was actually like like it was a nice enough shirt that I took note. Yeah. Uh, and he just looks so cool all the time. He's just yeah. like he just drips like he knows he's cool. He just dripping yes. in it. <laughs> Oozes it. Yep. So, who's your third place? My third place is France. Um, so, uh, Bilal Hassini with Roi. Roi. I can't pronounce that. Roi. Yep. Roi, French, meaning French king. French for king guy. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So this was, I just thought that this was a beautiful song, the diversity that was shared in this song, both in the um, background images that were uh, shared on screen, but then also the performers themselves. Um, And there was sign language, uh, there was body diversity there. You know, it was just like, it felt very inclusive. I uh, enjoyed the song. I enjoyed the performance. I recognized this performer from the Eurovision movie. Yep. From the song along. Yes, from the song along. Uh, so yes, I was very surprised at this one too that it didn't perform better. I was not in sync with the results on this, aside from uh, the Netherlands with Arcade being my number one as well as the obviously the winning song. But other than that, I was not in sync <laughs> at all with where the results came in. Well, you know what I'm going to say about France, don't you? That you hate it? No, I love it. I love it so oh. much. <laughs> like really i mean i know that you do have a tendency to like not love songs from france but this one i would be surprised if you didn't enjoy it no i love that song um did form my top three it came number fifth uh number fifth number five for me um i really Pretty enjoy close. it i mean they sent an unapologetically queer artist yes a plus with you know he's a dancers a plus size ballet dancer and a dancer who is deaf Yes. It's so inclusive. It's just wonderful. The song's really good. It's really w- rare that France sends something 
that at least has some English lyrics. Right. Um, it was really weird that they sent an entirely English song last year, I think, didn't they? They were going to send uh, Best in Me, Tom Lieb. I feel like there was like maybe it'd been a French chorus or verse in it, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't recall. remember too much because it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, I don't remember it being mine either. I yeah. think I scored it pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, top five it came in fifth. Um, it's just lovely. Nothing. I to, thought it was lovely. Nothing yeah. to dislike about it whatsoever. Yeah, I agree. And I thought, yeah, it, I thought it was a very impactful performance. I thought that um, Bilal uh, really uh, emoted well. Like, I mean, it would just, and then it, at the end, the performers, um, he and his backup dancers, they shared a, a hug. There was like a, a moment of emotion on stage, which I mentioned before, there were several of those this year, which there's, I mean, I, I know that there's always uh, some level of emotion. Uh, there was I'm full sure. of ugly tears. Yes, like in other years, there's always uh, obviously this is a dream fulfilling uh, night for yes. for many, but this one more than most, there were like full tears on stage. It so it brought the feels. Yeah, I want to say much when ring. I say ugly tears, I would be exactly the same on stage after performing oh, Eurovision yeah. if I was there. So yes, when I want to say ugly sure. tears, I'm not being shady, but it was ugly crying, and it's exactly what yeah. I would do in that situation. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I put that fifth, you put it third. For me, my third was the Televote favourites, the fan favourites. Uh so Norway with I'm always butchering the pronunciation of the name of the band, so Kino, I think it's pronounced with Spirit in the Sky. <sighs> um Yeah. I middle of the pack for me. Were you like the jury vote on that one? Well, the jury so, didn't rate it very high, did they? But they got no, I don't the think biggest so. score for the uh, televote. I mean, maybe it's because it is complete Eurovision fan fan service. This sort of song, right? It has everything that you know us basic Eurovision nerds look for. It's a pop banger. It's got a little hint of sort of traditional kind of music with the uh, Sami Yoi King uh, that Fred does. Right. Um, they're, they're a super group, actually. They, they're like um, been put together and they're still go- they're still gigging and performing. Oh, they, like they were, One Direction. Yes, kind of like that, yeah. So like they were like, I, I don't know the details, but they're like um, one of those super groups that have been put for, together from like artists who are outstanding in their field. Uh, prior to oh, that. Oh, not like One Direction not, not, then. That's... Not like them that put through like via, um, uh, you know, a show like X Factor or whatever it was they got famous through. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all sort of very um, experienced artists in a, on their own right. Um, gotcha. In their areas of expertise and then put together. And I, I just love it so much. I would, yeah, I really love that band though. I mean, they were they tried out to represent Norway this year with uh, another song called Monument, which slaps so hard. Um, yeah. it's a really good song. Uh, sadly, didn't win. Uh, it wasn't my favorite from the, the uh, Norwegian national selection, as we've discussed. My favorite was um, uh, Rayleigh with Hero. <laughs> right. Yep, yeah, I would have had that song over Kino any day, um, and I, yeah. <laughs> I believe I am in a minority about that, but I don't care. Um, I still, I still love Kino's uh, song from this year. Um, Monument is still good. 
No, I was going to say, I, I have not heard the other song that you're referring to from Kino, but I mean, I have heard Hero, and I think I would be in your camp on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a heads up, Monument will make it into a future DNQ Files episode. Definitely. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. So I actually, like, I... um. I liked elements of this song and then I didn't really love others. So on the whole, I was like, okay, here we go. I like that. And then it kind of like took a turn that I was like, oh, that's not where I expected it to go. I don't know. So this was one where it was kind of like um, a bit hit and miss for me. So it ended up middle of the pack. But uh, I can see why you uh, voted it highly because, um, I mean, on the whole, it, it was a great pop song. Yeah. Now, there is one theory why it didn't score so well with the judges. Because okay. uh, the jury shows, the juries don't uh, award points based on the show that we watch. They uh, watch and judge on a jury show. So it has a full audience, but it's basically mm. like a technical dress rehearsal that the juries vote on. Um, however, during their jury performance, um, p- during part of it, the screen went black. So they kind of oh. lost, like, they could hear it, but they couldn't see it. And the shots got messed up. Um, and the uh, female singer, I don't know her name, she was like, they, they cut to her face and she was like, not to be on screen. So she wasn't like performing at that moment. And then the screen went black again. And then the screen it went back to her. And there was a camera operator in shot in front of her. Oh, they really should have let them do that again. Yeah, they did ask, and they were declined uh, the, the opportunity to perform again without technical issues. So That's there's some theory that they didn't score well because of that, but I think it's just not what the jury were looking for. I think the juries right. were looking for something different. Yeah. I think yeah. if I was a jury member, I would go, well, that's not their fault. That's It's not them who messed up on the production there. Right. You, you listen to a song, uh, not watching really, you know, for the technical aspects of a performance i'll be like you know how it's presented so uh i think that's why um it didn't i yeah. just don't think it's what the jury were looking for um so yeah that's my number three uh i also want to give a shout out to my number four australia katie miller heidecker with zero gravity yes I had this at number 10. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. And I gave uh, like particular note to the uniqueness of their stage performance. I thought that it was gorgeous. And I really loved what they did with this zero gravity, like, uh, you know, pole performance that they're swinging on. Like, it was great. Yeah. So in in the Australian national selection, uh, Katie wasn't on a swinging pole like that. But when it got through oh. to Eurovision, she was like, I want to be on one of those poles. The fact that she's singing <laughs> in an operatic, operatic style while she's using her own body weight to move that pole around is something I know, else. I was like, how is she not barfing? <laughs> I, <laughs> I would get so motion sick. I want to go on one of them. I'd love to go on that. Oh, I'd have great fun. I would fun. not last. I would not do well. I get too, motion sickness too too easily. Um, I will say on the the song itself, uh, what I felt was like I was always waiting for the beat to drop. You know, it was like I, I thought there was going to be this moment where it kind of like hit 
a base. Yeah. And and it never did. And so it kind of left me feeling a little bit unsatisfied, not because I disliked the song, but because I was I was just waiting for this moment that never came. Um, but uh aside from that, I mean like I thought that this was uh probably my favorite stage show uh like presentation and i did really enjoy the song despite that one minor thing that you know was just kind of a preference on my part probably my favorite song about postnatal depression is this what that was about yep uh, it's about uh her experience of postnatal depression after the birth of her son ernie and how she felt weightless as she recovered zero gravity wow interesting well it was uh absolutely beautiful um performance and presentation and uh yeah i really enjoyed it as well right uh before we move on to our bottoms can we also talk about our favorite disco daddy sir hat for san marino oh, oh no he is my bottom no oh <laughs> i'm so sorry i couldn't see I you having him as your bottom honestly he's my bottom <laughs> I didn't love it. I didn't love it, even though I loved him as a disco daddy in our DNQ file. This was not my favorite. I will say that um, this was one of those years where I did not strongly dislike any of the songs. So, um, you know, this is not uh, to say that I hated this. It was just not quite as good. I did debate um, between San Marino and Russia as my bottom. Oh. Um, I ended up with San Marino at the bottom, but, uh, you know, there were, um, others that could have gone there. It's just sort of where I ended up, but, oh, I felt bad though. I felt bad. <laughs> I put him seventh. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've got a theory that Serhat is basically like, you know, the double slit experiment in physics where protons act a different way when they're observed. No. <laughs> The way you said that is if I would just like, obviously you are familiar with this. Yeah, you know, the double slit experiment. Yeah, no, I have no idea. What are you talking about? It's quantum physics. So it's also like, I think I, I could be wrong. It's kind of similar as like Schrodinger's cat as well. I think Serhat is simultaneously the most cool guy to have ever lived. And also the most uncool person ever at the same time. I love him. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I just like, it just felt so cheesy to me it was cheesy um and i think that like in some ways it was cheesy in a way that was kind of delightful and in other ways it was cheesy in a way that was a little bit cringe so i think that's uh, exactly why i like it i I, I, yeah (laughs) i can see the cringe i totally see it he is an older fella you know a former dentist a disco daddy dentist yeah we have discovered um Yeah, and I could say, I mean, like, Russia, uh, which was my second from the bottom, I also felt quite cheesy. It was cheesy. Um, So Russia's a returning artist as well. We've seen him before. Yes. From uh, not rolling around on the floor. Oh, right! (laughs) (laughs) I think I scored that one relatively low, too, didn't I? I think maybe um, Sergei Lazarev is just not my cup of tea. But he came third with the uh, overall vote. Oh, I know. I know. I told you I'm out of sync <laughs> with, the, with the voting entirely. For me, I put um, Sergei uh, with Scream uh, 18th. So not bottom, absolute bottom, but it doesn't do anything for me. 
Um, it's more kind of Russia throwing every technical trick they can at the performance. It right, felt yeah. very much like his, uh, you know, where he was on on the upright projection. Mm. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I appreciate you know what they're doing is quite clever. At one point, it looks like he's in the shower though. I know <laughs> that, that, I that was the part where I was like, okay, <laughs> like this is so cheese. I, I it was also a lot duller than I remembered that performance. I thought it was going to be like you know maybe top ten for me, but no. When I, listening back to, it, I'm like, well, this is just leaving me a bit cold. Yeah, I thought it was meh. So, who rounds out your bottom three? Um, so third from the bottom was uh, Serbia for me. I thought, and again, I mean, I thought this was a very decent song. There was nothing that I could say where I I strongly disliked it. I didn't even find it to be sort of cheesy like I did with um, Russia Russia and San Marino. I thought that this was very good, but I felt like I'd heard it before. I'd seen it before. It didn't feel entirely unique to me. uh, And that's why I scored it on the low end. Yeah, for me, uh, Serbia's song, um, so that was uh, Nevenia... Nevena Bodzovic. Bodzovic? I, I could be butchering that with Kruna, which translates to crown. For me, that falls under the category of classic toilet break music. Yeah. So it's one of those songs <laughs> where it's like, it's not interesting when, like, when I'm live tweeting along, I haven't got any spicy hot takes to say about it. It's not right. that bad. It's just not good for me. I don't enjoy yeah. it. It doesn't do anything that excites me. Um... It's it's constantly sounding like it's on the edge of picking up and going a little bit edgier, but it just holds back Never constantly. Does. Like if you know she had like a like a female rock singer's vocals, I think I could have, would have scored it a little higher. You know, mm. someone who could like you know, um, I was thinking like uh, someone like uh, Courtney Love kind of style vocals. Yeah, you know, I someone could who can do that. something that quite melodic but go into like edge. edge. It would have yeah. been good, but it just never went anywhere. So I put it fifth from the bottom at 22nd okay so we're quite close on that one yeah uh so we've no my fifth from the bottom um so serbia my fourth from the bottom germany just above that um third from the bottom is cyprus which we discussed i wasn't a great fan of um, i had it ninth yeah <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> yeah um her vocals sounded a little bit flat throughout to me um and like I said, it's just a bit too repetitive of Fuego. It's like, you have Fuego on replay, basically. Right. And I mean, I so uh, having heard Fuego, but not having seen the 2018 um, Eurovision, maybe that's just something that didn't, yeah. you know, connect with me. You'll probably, when we do 2018, be like, oh, I've heard this before, basically. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll have the opposite. Um, She does that annoying thing. It's like... She pronounces me as May, but also breaks it up. It's like, you know, it's kind of like that Justin Timberlake, it's gonna be May thing, but it's rather gonna than, be May. But rather than going May, she goes, May. Don't like that. <laughs> that just just a little thing that annoys me. Do you um, guys have that um that meme in the UK where yeah, everybody It's gonna be May, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um okay. Um and also it, it, the only thing I do like is it sounds like she's saying shits in my body. I don't know what she's singing at one point, but it sounds like she's saying <laughs> shit's in my body. It's like, yeah, we've all got some shit in our body at some point. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was just like, um, you know, I, uh, like I said, I feel like I had 
quite a bit of variety in my top 10. And I really kind of had the, I, I only had the appetite for one of these sort of, uh, poppy, um, songs. So so like Cypress, Belarus, Norway, all in my opinion, to obviously various degrees of, uh, enjoyment had, a you know, straight pop song um as an entry and uh this was the one of those that i like best and so that's the one that made it to my top 10 right you are. so the next song makes me angry oh the no ne- the song that i put to a fifth denmark leonora with love is forever oh i enjoyed that <laughs> leonora and a big stupid fucking chair <laughs> i don't even i really i'm sorry i just hate it and that it's one line especially that really triggers me don't get too political now yes i've always said no politics at eurovision but i don't like the sentiment of that lyric so i'm not saying like what when i say don't get political at eurovision i'm saying like don't write a song that's a protest song don't bring come with a protest song right this eurovision. is not the venue this yeah. is not the venue for it, but... Um, but also saying like, oh, don't worry, just float along in life. Don't worry about politics. It's all silly men. It's all silly men in Parliament. <laughs> no, be political. I hate that lyric so much. It really angers me. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. I did not catch that lyric. Uh, I just thought, you know, this was kind of like a fluffy, light, delightful, you know, sort of song i i have it 12th which is the only song that was in uh in line with the actual result aside from my number one yeah um so uh yeah i didn't i didn't get that deep with it <laughs> it's it angered me back in 2019 it still makes me angry um, yeah, my fair. favorite bit is a bit in french because i don't understand what ridiculous lyrics she's singing about you know like i i have no idea what she's singing she could be singing terrible terrible things about you know not caring about you know the oppression of the lgbtq community who knows at least i don't understand what horrible lyrics she's singing at that point right i don't like it <laughs> and it does and make I me was angry like, doo, 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 this is nice like <laughs> oh kim like, you need to like pay sw- attention swaying along like gormless cretins sat on that big stupid <laughs> chair no don't like it and it does make me unreasonably angry but Another act that makes me angry is a act that came in my bottom. Um and it's the one that I thought you might love. Um so Slovenia with Sebi. Um I think they performed I can't pronounce their names, but I know they perform now as Zalagaspa. Oh, okay, yes. Um oh, just hate it. I don't like it. Like they So there is knowing you're cool and being kind of engaging and and you know you know warm and inviting like uh Mahmoud for Italy. Yeah. Others like, oh we're too cool for Eurovision. We're not gonna even acknowledge that the audience is there. We're just gonna stare blankly into each other's faces and sing our little <laughs> mumble pop song. My notes on this were if the children of the corn did Eurovision <laughs> <laughs> They were like, have you seen that movie in the John Carpenter movie? I've not seen the film I but I've I've seen like the uh I've seen, I- I'm aware of the film and like you know the creepy sort of 
dead-eyed yes, the kids. Creep, the creepy children who show, they don't emote. They just like stand and stare at you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I definitely liked this better than you did, um, but it did not score highly for me. I had it at uh, 16th. Yeah, so one below where it actually came. Um, I just, I mean, I don't, I can't warm to them at all. Knowing what they were like as well, I've got to, I've got to announce my bias. I know how they behaved at Eurovision, but oh, they behaved poorly. They did indeed. We'll come to that. Uh, but oh, I mean, just the performance alone, the fact that they just sort of stand there looking very uninterested. They don't acknowledge the audience until an awkward wave at the end of a song where they turn. Like there's, there's not, you know, you you can sort of do some kind of lo-fi mumble pop, and you know, but invite the audience into your performance. Don't kind of just look like you're practicing in your bedroom, which is what it looked like. Mm. Um, Gasper, who brought nothing to performance, he was just miming guitar and like doing like a weird twitchy thing of his neck when he was playing. It's like, we know your guitar's <laughs> not plugged in. You're doing nothing. You could be sat down in the green room area while she mumbles her way through this song. He was giving her a face to look at with unbroken eye contact for the <laughs> entire duration of the song. That was it. That's what he brought. Yeah. But no, they, I just couldn't, I don't like how they couldn't give a single solitary fuck about the audience during that entire three minute song. Yeah, but I hear you. As I say, I got to announce my bias. They were horrible, arrogant jerks at the winner's press conference for the semi-final that they qualified from. So they, they didn't behave well, let's say. Um, when mm. they were asked by, now the, all the winners all the 10 winners from their semi-final were at a table, you know, and the press were there. And the press, one of the, one journalist asked all 10 acts which lot they would prefer to perform in the final. And uh, when that question came to them, uh, Gasper said, well, um, I think it's exactly boring questions like that, why we want to go home most of the time during interviews, so I don't know. Like, yes, it is a bad bit of journalism. It's not an interesting question. Which arbitrary number do you want to perform in a semi in the grand final where you don't even know who else is going to be in the final at the moment? Like right. it's not a good question to ask. It is a boring question, but you say, you just go, "I'll be happy to perform wherever." I'm just looking forward to perform. Some sort of yeah, answer just like journalist. Line. Yeah, just toe the line. Don't be a snippy little bitch, basically. Yeah, um, unless it's like an actually offensive question, in which case, you know, like call out offensive yeah. questions if they're asked, because I've seen some of that, too. But if it's just because you don't care for the question, and it's kind of boring. Like, don't be a shit about it. You just don't don't be an arsehole. And, and then also uh, Zala, the girl, uh, she complained about the air conditioning. Um, so when she was asked how they felt about qualifying, she said, well, this air conditioning is killing me right now and pulled up a hood to make it like, oh, I'm so cold. Ooh. <laughs> oh a lot of whiny shitheads no don't like them and the way they behaved makes me kind of like any kind of pass I could have given them on the song being kind of alright the song kind of uh, before you know I saw that boy stage performance I, I'm judging on the performance and also I know that other arseholes yeah I, I've got a bear that in my I am totally bringing some bias to the, my judging there but the song but you can't pretend you, that you don't know it yeah, but the um, song is okay. If I if a if the stage performance wasn't so dull, it might have just escaped the top the bottom five. But such a bad performance, I think, for me. Yeah. As someone who yeah. when I perform, I try to engage the audience. 
they didn't do any of that. So it's just like, why am I going to score this any higher than last? Yeah, fair. So that's why fair I enough. Um, so that's our tops and our bottoms. Um, big five. So we've discussed Germany. We discussed Italy. We've discussed the UK. We discussed France. The only one left, and that's Spain. Yes. Um, and I feel that song was so badly underscored. Do you? Yeah. But... I I scored it very close <laughs> to where it ended up. But you know me, I'm a scar kid, and that is a scar That's song. True. Uh, a lot of people say it was the uh, staging that was weird that made people not vote for it. I don't see what was weird about it. I didn't mind the staging at all. I, I like I the big house and the weird the song. like puppet thing. But, um, yeah, I was fi- I was fine with all of that. Um, I I scored it twentieth out of twenty six. Uh, the actual result was twenty second out of twenty six. Um, so I did score it slightly better. But for, yeah, for me, it was just uh, one of those. It the, it was a song where I it it felt familiar. It yeah. felt not not fresh. Yeah, I mean that's because it's scar song, and scar songs are pretty repetitive. <laughs> I say that's sure. always been in scar bands. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's joyful. It's just a party song. It's not big. It's not clever. It's just a good sort of... You put that on in the background of a party. And just kind of... It's a dancey... Not a dancey, but it's a danceable song. That I think yeah. it's just fun. There's so where did you score this one? I put it in my top ten. I put it sixth. Oh, so very well. Yeah, I really enjoy that song. Um, so yeah, I, I, Catalan rumba with Scar, so made for me. Yes, this was a Chris song. It very much was. Um, <laughs> are there any other songs that you... Oh, we should mention Israel, because we always mention the uh, host country as well. Yes. Um, so Israel was one where uh, I was uh, quite impacted by the emotion that was felt by the performer at the end when he just kind of like broke down. Um, more more ugly crying. More ugly crying. Um, I have to say, though, that the song itself was not one of my favorites. Uh, I scored it middle of the pack. Same. 17th for me. Um it felt like very much like the penultimate song in a musical. It was very musical theatre vibes I got from that song. Like it was like the yes. big emotional one before the big party sort of song at the end of a musical show. You know, the sort of one where the main character takes a stage solo and sings right. heartfelt song, and then for the last song, the rest of the cast come on and like do like the refrain from that big sort of opening number. Something you know, the one that opens and closes the show. Um, yeah. but. I enjoyed that more than I think I enjoyed it first time. I think this time Did I you? really appreciated the lovely tone to his voice. Yes. Gorgeous it singing got, voice. It was a rocky start, I think, but then he picked up steam. Yeah. So, yeah, I put him in the middle of a pack, uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed the ugly crying because who wouldn't be the emotional performing, you know, uh, Eurovision? Yes, that's true. And in your, the, you know, to be the host country. Yep. Any other songs you want to discuss about the... Uh, Art from the artist and the competing songs? I don't think. Right. Shall we get on to the interval acts with a plural? Yes. Yes. There were a lot of interval acts. There was a long 
it was a long interval. I enjoyed a lot of it, but it was longer than most, I think. It was, it was the longest ever Eurovision. They're aiming for three hours, 45 minutes this year. That's the intention to last that long. And so this one was four hours and 11 minutes. Yeah, so going for at long. least about half an hour shorter. Um, yes. So they start before the interval, you know, some green view, green room moments, your favourite. You, you always enjoy the green room moments, don't you? Oh my God, <laughs> such cringe talking to the people who competed before so uh the one from north macedonia sergey and sir hat uh yes i mean like i i don't think that there was anything that was like super cringy or embarrassing i mean it's not like anything stood out to me that i was like oh god that's that's so cringe it's just in general i don't like the interviews i think they did a fine it was fine enough but i just don't i don't enjoy it what did you think of so for me, they started with the best of the four interval acts. So they started with Switch Song, where Conchita sung Heroes by Mons, then Mons yes. sung Fuego by Eleni Ferreira, Eleni sung Dancing Lasha Tumbai by Verkas Duchka, and Verkas Duchka sung Toy, and then they all came out, and then with Gali Atari to sing Hallelujah. I love that. Yeah, I- that's that is up there. Not quite love, love, peace, peace, but it's like my second favorite interval act that I can remember. I really enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, I thought that it was really fun. Um, I enjoyed all of the performers. I thought it was really fun to see songs I was familiar with um, being performed by um, singers I was familiar with, but not their own. It was like a, just a fun twist that yeah. uh, gave it a little something different than having them come out and just perform their own songs. Yeah, and they all sort of sang it in like a more them style. So like, Conchita yes. gave, gave like brought a bit more of a dance vibe to Heroes. Mons was like so laid back and emotional singing Fuego, which is just Fuego yes. is a slut pop, you know. It's just <laughs> s- summery slut pop. Um, yeah, Eleni, my favorite really is Eleni performing Dancing Lash Tumbai because she made it sexy, but also she made it sexy. Yes. Also, she really let her hair down. And she yeah. sh- she was embracing being daft and silly as well as making it sexy. She I was like, it was really fun. You can't take dancing last time by and perform it straight face. You got to do it with a wink to the camera. You know you're being a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. And she nailed it. And also, uh, then we had Verka singing "Toy," which was a V twenty eighteen winner. Yes, um, I, this was the only song I was not familiar with. Yep, um, I like that. He, you know, uh, Verka put like a little Soviet tinge to it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Hallelujah, which is a nice song, I guess. It's probably the weakest bit for me, but I think they wanted to end on that kind of more kind of together emotional song. It was yeah, a I bit, thought that was quite lovely. It was a bit Caravan Park entertainment, that bit, for me. I uh, I enjoyed it very much, though. And uh, yeah, like as far as halftime shows go, I agree. It wasn't quite Love, Love, Peace, Peace, but it was up there yeah. for sure. And then after that, we go to the green room and uh, one of the hosts is there with Pirate Madonna with a eye patch on. Yarr! Oh, I have so much to say about Madonna. I mean, OK, I'm like... I'm going to rant here for a minute, if you don't mind. Okay, here's my rant. Take the mic. Is that like, (laughs) I don't like big American um, 
like stars coming. I didn't like it with Justin Timberlake. I don't like it with Madonna. I don't like them. They feel like interlopers. Like this is not your thing. And um, what annoys me most, I think about this is that like to see these performers, um, the actual Eurovision performers crying on stage about having this opportunity to <clears throat> live their dream. And Eurovision is such a huge deal. And then to have these American stars come on and in my opinion, approach it like you're lucky to have me, you know, like, you know, with to to bring like a level of like ego that I yeah. think is like, in, you know, that um, I'm like, I'm sorry, Madonna, I know that you're a legend. I know that you're a big deal. But uh, have you ever performed for 200 million people live before? Probably not. You know, <laughs> it's I think like be humbled a little bit, be like, a little bit more i i am uh honored to be here rather than like you're honored you to have should, me you should be honored to have me and i don't know if that's like just me being sort of nitpicky no and then because i've got to say i have in my notes i have and i quote i hate american massive stars coming to eurovision to just promote themselves yeah, exactly. I don't, and I mean, and I felt that her banter with the, if you can even call it that, <laughs> with the host, it was just very awkward. I found that quite cringy. I do, I do think that when she kind of like gave her message to the crowd about, you know, music bringing people together, that was fine. That was better. What I didn't like when but, she did that though, because she, were, she sang the lyric from music, like music makes yes, the people was, come together. And she says, and she says, and I quote, it's an amazing song. It's like, give over, love. It's your own song. You I don't get know. to say that. And also, it's not, it's no Like a Prayer and it's no Frozen. They're like your two best songs, Madge. Yeah. So that part I did not like. I mean, if you strip that out and just said, we're all here because of the power of music, just like the sentiment, those words I was fine with, but then to like bring in the shameless self-promotion. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you're 60 years old. Like, I mean, I know that she's a pioneer and I am a child of the 80s. I loved Madonna growing up, but I just feel like it's gotten kind of sad at this point. It's like, I know, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm inviting <laughs> people to... Uh, um, like, I mean, people don't at me, but I just think that, I don't know if you have seen her TikToks recently, she is on TikTok and it is cringe. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I just feel like, um, sh like she needs to hang up the microphone. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I'm so bad. No, I'll, you get no arguments from me there. Um, so yeah, all, all of that I completely agree with, um. I think what Madonna needs is like a nice retirement venue in Las Vegas to do the hits every night, night after night, right. do the ones that people want to hear, not yes. the new stuff. But I mean, the performance itself, I'm like, I'm really going in now. I'm sorry, Madonna fans. Don't get me. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I just feel like, you know, she is a legend that is now just kind of like, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna stop. But yes. the performance itself of like a prayer. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't good. The vocals were not there. She took it outside, out the venue. She took it out of the venue and took a baseball bat to it until it was an unrecognizable bloody pulp. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, credit to her though. She took. She tackled those stairs with that big rope, robe kind of cape thing. So you know, she's got history with stairs and big items of clothing. Oh, I don't know this. Did she fall? Oh, yeah. It was like a famous clip of her falling. Like, um, I think one of the backing dancers stood on the cape and dragged her down the stairs. Oh, no, that's very, awful. Very brave. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, um, we'll, I think we'll come to the, the her act a bit more in more detail in a moment. Sure. Uh, we had so knowing back on the original night back in 2019, I was so looking forward to Madonna's performance, and I know when we got to um, the second interval act of four, uh, Bowie come to me, uh, performed by the um, Idan Reichel project. I could be pronouncing that wrong. I probably, at the time, was like, oh, this is, yeah, okay, great, great. Let's get to Madge. Let's get to Madonna. Going yeah. back now, I'm like, this is brilliant. I probably did not appreciate this enough. You know, it sounded modern, but used traditional um, Middle Eastern music and instruments. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I could have happily had that last for the rest of the interval. I would have preferred that, honestly. And then I, I, I mean, I thought I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the song that came after it, which was the Netta. Uh, yes, Netta with Banana Nana. Nana Banana. Nana Banana. Yes, I loved that too. I like. Um, Netta is full on yeah. bonkers, and I love her for it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I always love an interval act uh, that has some elements of, you know, traditional music and instruments. So we got some of that. And then um, Netta, who just, you know, kind of went bonkers. And I loved the, I loved that. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, I can understand why people would be excited for Madonna. She's a huge name. She's a big star. And she is an absolute legend. Yeah. Um, but th- that was the low point for me <laughs> in this interval tell you segment. What, tell you what we didn't need. That interview with Quavo. Who the, who the hell is Quavo? Oh my God. When Quavo said, my mom grew up listening to Madonna, but I didn't. I was like, oh, she's not going to be happy about that. When he was asked, like, what's your favorite Madonna song? And he said, oh, it's Champagne Rosé. I was like, I, I don't know that song. I looked it up. It's a song that he did with Madonna. So he, he yeah. can't even name one of the iconic Madonna songs. Oh, no, which is he, loads. Not, There's so many that he could have chosen from that are brilliant. He's not, not a Madonna fan, clearly. Yeah, I just could have done... I, I Like, I, I just could have done without all of the Madonna stuff. Yeah. But it's okay, because we still had something before Madonna. We had the magic act doing a mentalism trick. Oh God, I could have done without that too. <laughs> that was like he was talking a mile a minute. Um, there was I I didn't need any of that. No, it wasn't even an impressive trick. I mean, I don't know what I don't even know what the trick was. So yeah, we had the unimpressive magic trick where he got to guess. You know, apparently, you know, name uh, Abba nineteen seventy four uh, Waterloo. So finally, we get to Madonna. So we've touched on the fact that she absolutely murdered her probably most iconic single, Like a Prayer. Yeah. Like weird Gregorian chanting monks moments. She couldn't find a key for love nor money. I was having to sing along so I could hear the right notes. Um, and then the weird bit in the middle before she moved on to the, uh, uh, the speech, modern song. The speech part. The, the lip syncing to a spoken word moment. Over yeah. a song that I only know is Everyone's a Fruit and Nutcake. I don't know what the piece of music's called, but it was used on the Cadbury Fruit and Nut uh, chocolate bar advert in the UK, like in the late 80s, early 90s. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's Everyone's a Fruit and Nutcake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which makes sense. Um, and then, oh God, that song with Quaver. Quavo, sorry, not Quaver. Um, so, like, 
just auto-tuned to fuck vocals. I mean, frankly, it was an improvement, though. I mean, it was, yeah. Um, same for Quavo, too. It even made Sebi look good. The song that I put last. <laughs> I I really... It was just not good. Madonna, we only want... We want to hear the hits. We don't want to hear the new stuff. <laughs> no, but that's the thing, right? It's that she was there for self-promotion. She had a new album coming out. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I feel like I've. I feel like everyone knows where I stand on this performance. <laughs> and then, did you did did you see uh, did you clock it at the time the dancers walking up the stairs arm in arm with the flags I, of Israel and Palestine stuck to their? Backs? I did not see it at the time of the performance. Frankly, I had I had checked out of the performance of that at that point, but I did read about it after the fact. Yeah. So I know that there was some controversy. Very much so because uh, yeah that flag is not um welcome in israel but, but yes right i'm not going to go into the details of you know the political situation with israel and palestine i am not clever enough to understand all the nuance about it um and it's got to come up again the palestinian flag uh yes. but madonna had all her rehearsals to a locked empty room mm. so nobody knew what she was planning like yeah. it, it seems like an oversight, but I mean, all she would have done was not have them pinned to their backs anyway, and it would have been fine. They would have they would yes. have known until on that performance. But that's right. Who yeah. was backstage, so kind I- of making sure that that nothing, nothing like that happened. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I I feel like uh, having the flags on the back is something that you know could have made it through. Like, I don't I don't feel like anyone got fired for missing it because. Um, you know, I think, I think that it's, uh, something that could have been snuck through relatively easily. So, um, yeah, from after the fact, from what I read, Madonna was saying that what she was trying to convey there was, uh, unity and peace. Uh, so it wasn't, she, she denied it being sort of like a blatant pro Palestinian, uh, sentiment and instead being a, um, you know, a call for, for peace and unity. Uh, but regardless, very controversial. Indeed. And then the host lied and said, what an incredible performance. Like, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> Complete lies. And then yeah. after that, we still don't get to the votes because we've got a three minute Israel tourism, tourist board video from Gal Gadot. Yeah, I didn't mind this though. I love Gal Gadot, and uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. It I didn't. Fine. I mean, it, like it was just like we didn't need it. Unnecessary, more yeah, filler. It was it's like, have you not counted the votes already? Absolutely unnecessary, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, this it it could have been shorter. This final could have been shorter, and we did not need that. Um, but frankly, I would have preferred. Uh, I prefer a long intermission than a long drawn out voting uh, section. Yes. So I, if the if the time was going to be anywhere, I'm glad it was here instead of longer longer yeah. voting. I, I did like this. The host said, "We can't wait to see Wonder Woman 1984 next summer." Ah, <laughs> uh, simple <Nope>. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talking about the voting, let's move on to that. Um, okay. San Marino, who are a micro nation based inside of Italy, gave Italy 12 points. No surprises mm-hmm. there. My nope. favourite bit, though, and at the, mo- the time, when uh, Emma, who was the spokesperson for the ne- Netherlands, 
she was just chatting on and on. I was like, get to it, Emma. Come on. Yes. Get to the point. Yeah. And then she says, I'm so thankful for tonight and Madonna's auto-tune. I was like, nope, you, you've earned <gasps> that. You've earned yes, it. Yes, <laughs> you can stay. <laughs> and now there's nervous laughter from the hosts in the background. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, like, could you could you imagine being the host in that moment? Like, I would nervous laugh too. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Alexandra, Alexander Reback, Ryback, oh, he turned up again for Norway to give their points. Yay! So, mm-hmm. so excited to see him again. I'm sure you were. <laughs> um, we got some sympathy points from Spain. We got two points from Spain. Ooh, go the UK. Yeah, the UK, poor. Um, poor, poor, poor guy. Poor Mickey Ricicle. I, I like that we had Rylan as our spokesperson. So Rylan is one of the um, people who does the uh, commentary for the semi-finals, along with uh, Radio One DJ Scott Mills. And mm. I hope that Rylan takes over from um, Graham Norton as our, our commentator because he's an actual Eurovision. I know fan. that you are not a Graham Norton fan. Yeah, well, Graham Norton may have been a fan. I he may still say he's a fan. He doesn't kind of come to the contest with a, from a place of love. It doesn't feel like. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I want Ryland to be our commentator in the future because he he seems happy and ecstatic to be there, and he's always like got some something positive to find. He can find positive. He's not snippy yeah. about things. Yeah. Um, we had the classic Cyprus giving Greece twelve points. Boo and Greece giving Cyprus boo. twelve points. More boos. Boo. Always fun. But the the biggest thing of the jury votes, did you know about this? No. They were wrong. Oh? They were incorrectly totaled um, because the Belarusian jury revealed how they voted for their semi-final, which is not allowed. That's against the rules. Until you, <sighs> So if you can release it afterwards, after the final, but if you release it before the final, that is well against the rules because that can influence how people vote in the final. Right. So their jury was dismissed for the final. So the Belarusian jury vote wasn't a jury vote. It was an aggregated vote based on how they tend to... Um, I, think, I, I don't know the details. It's an aggregate vote based on overall votes. But they gave the points to their bottom 10. The, the points were given to the bottom 10 rather than their top 10. So <gasps> Scandal! So Australia got one point. This is what they originally scored it. So Australia got one point, Iceland got two points, Serbia got three points, San Marino got four points, the UK got five points. Yay! Um, Spain got six, Norway seven, Germany eight, Estonia ten, and Israel got 12. So, the, you know, when that moment when Israel finally got some points and it was their 12 points. Yeah. They got zero That's in wrong. the end. That was wrong. They they were <gasps> their, they were their dead last. Oh no! Okay, so would that have changed any of the rankings? It didn't change the rankings, but it did change, affect okay. the scores. So it didn't affect the results at the end. But it, their actual correct results would have been Russia one point, Sweden two, Greece three, Switzerland four, Azerbaijan five, uh, Netherlands six, Italy seven, Cyprus eight, North Macedonia twelve, and Malta. Uh, sorry, North Macedonia ten and Malta got twelve points. So that's how they should have been. But mm. the points were in error. And it's an error on Eurovision's end, not the uh, Belarusian end, because you know it's taken away from them. 
Uh, well, it's kind the, of like a double, like a double bad, right? Everyone uh, screwed Belarus, up there. <laughs> yeah, and Belarus didn't follow the rules, and then Eurovision got their like aggregate voting wrong. But, but I'm glad that it didn't change the actual result. I mean, so the numerical scores would have changed, but the um, rankings remained the same. So yeah, that's good, at least. We went down from 13 votes overall at the end of the night down to 11 after it Woof. was corrected. Yay. So in Belarus aren't very good at following rules. That's why they're not competing this year, because they sent a song that was political in nature. Yes. And then when they were told, you can't send that, that's political. That's uh, clearly uh, in support of your dictator. They sent another one, which was, again, clearly in support of their dictator and against the pro-democracy uh, protesters. <laughs> so we're like, wow. the EBU were like, sling your hook, Belarus. Get out of it. Come back when you've <laughs> sorted your shit out. Yeah. And then we have... The, the final ever, Yonola San saying take it away because he was going to be saying it last year for his last ever one. And then last year mm. he cancelled. And then we have the televote scoring, which this was something, wasn't it? Yeah. So, okay. Like, I I was so invested in this because they were all over the place. And I felt it when like UK got three, Germany got zero. Like oh. the audience was just absolutely beside themselves. I will so say though that like oh, by the time we got to the end, when they were like actually announcing the points of the last one and two, I was so mad i was so annoyed they drew that out for like six minutes before they finally said the i was i was like get on with it please that was my sentiment yeah. i mean uh so yeah we had a few bit before that we had the moment with iceland when they got their scores and they unfilled their uh palestine little banners oh yes of course that got them a, that got the uh, broadcaster a five thousand euro fine so um, Hatari had previously, you know, in interviews, been quite critical about, um, you know, Israel and how how they are with Palestine and the situation yes. there. Again, I've said I don't know enough about it to go into the details. I just know that it's very um, contentious issues. Yeah. Um, I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not looked into it enough. Um, but yeah, they said a lot. They work like Palestinian artists. I've got a feeling that their, uh, you know, their robes they wore in their postcard. Mm. I couldn't find it, but I'm sure I read somewhere that they're de- designed by a Palestinian designer as well. Really? They do a lot of work with Palestinian artists. Um, so, yeah, Yon Olasand had actually, you know, had a word to him say, one more stunt and you're out of the competition. So they saved it until the last, very, very last moment, when at that point it's like, wow. what are you going to do? Kick us out of the competition? We've got our scores. We know we, know we haven't won. Right. Um, Lake Malawi, uh, the Czech Republic Act, they looked pissed at getting seven points in the televote. Oh, I like I didn't I didn't see their they faces. Looked, but they looked a little bit cheese off, and nothing wrong with that song. That's a really good song. I scored that very high. I enjoyed that song. I had that fourth. So yes, I agree. I I liked that song a lot. I can't believe it only got seven. Like we're talk, was talking about Lake Malawi, really funny thing happened last year. Uh, so when uh, the Eurovision Song Contest did like uh, Eurovision home concerts from the artists, like from previous years, mm. uh, Lake Malawi did um, a cover of one of the uh, Eurovision songs. I can't remember which song it was. And someone tweeted, um, I can't believe we're getting to see Lake Malawi this week. And people from that area, uh, I don't know which ca- uh, where, where Lake Malawi is in which country in Africa, tweeted us like, still travelling. 
they thought she was actually visiting <laughs> Lake Malawi and even tagged the uh, police for Malawi in it. <laughs> we're like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Please stay home. <laughs> and she was like, no, please don't. And, and Lake Malawi even sort of tweeted her and like tweeted the police there saying, please don't arrest her. She's just a fan of our music. Who can't we see us on YouTube <laughs> this week? Oh, that is funny. Um, but yeah, then we got down to the last two. And, oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of bad, but it's a kind of good bad, if that makes sense. Just a iconic bit of, like, tension building uh, with... no <laughs> i no. mean <laughs> i build the tension but i mean they drew it out to the point that i was yelling at the tv legitimately yelling it was annoying how long they drew that out i'm sorry but poor poor young Lundvik. his face his face like oh, i'm in the top two I'm, I'm gonna win i can win this and his face like you're like yes i'm gonna win the mamas were kind of like shaking his leg they're like, you've got this, John. You got this, mate. You've got it. You've got it. And then he needed, was it ninety? Was well, he it? needed was like two hundred. Two hundred something. Yeah, so so yeah. like that. And then he got ninety eight points or something like that. And yeah. his face. And you see, you know that quote from The Simpsons where like um, uh, Lisa breaks Ralph's heart after giving him yes. Valentine's, and she says, you know, she's not interested in him. Watch this, Lisa. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. It was like that, you know. If- oh, what a sin. Oh. Uh, Freight yeah, base crack they, of a decade. They did not pull that Band-Aid off quickly either. I mean, I know I've harped on that enough. But yeah, poor guy. The amount of tension that, like, it just went on and on and on. And this poor guy is waiting. Um, And then he came in fifth. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, what a sin. Uh, it what was kind sin. of bad but kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> and i know i'm a bad person but wait it was just i mean it became an instant meme did it yeah like the before and after photos oh, no. uh, and then we had duncan's uh, reprisal performance as after he won he was so cute you know yes. he's like he's so happy to have won which was nice ah uh, he was very cute yes so that was the 2019 contest which leads a us very good year into next time, where we will be discussing the 2021 Eurovision Song Contest. Mm-hmm. This year, we're going to have a new winner finally. Very exciting! I can't wait for it. I'm I've got the entire week booked off work, so I can. Oh my god, that is hilarious! Dedicate my life to it for the week. I'm really excited too. I mean, I know that we have done some where uh, it was junior Eurovision or it was some of the really old ones that you had not seen them before. Yeah. But this is a current modern Eurovision that both of us will be experiencing for the first time together. So that'll be fun. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well then, until next time. Bye. Bye. La 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 la